and First John in our continuing study in chapter 3 and verse 6 and 7 we read whosoever abideth in him sinneth not whosoever sinneth hath not seen him neither known him little children let no man deceive you he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous it's amazing that uh, simple fishermen penned these profound words though it be toward the end of his life he certainly was led by the spirit as he put these things into the book that we have permanently uh, it's going to last forever so we've looked at recognizing the rebelliousness of sin we've looked at recognizing the reason for the incarnation and that we looked at last week in verse 5 Christ came to take away our sins uh, Lord is not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance and the incarnation happened so that we might be saved and the second thing last week we see Satan came, uh, Christ came to destroy the works of Satan works of the devil as it says there in verse we skipped, skipped down to verse 8. Tonight we look at recognising the relationship of abiding, of abiding in Christ. Um, <clears throat> let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Bless it to our hearts tonight, and Lord, that we might be ones that abide in you. That wouldn't be in and out of a relationship, and in fellowship and out of fellowship. But Lord, our life would be more consistent and uh, growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, becoming more like him, changed into his image. Lord, he is absolutely perfect, and we press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. May we each one do that. And as we read these verses, may we be challenged to do that. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> okay. Sin is inconsistent with abiding in Christ. It, it, uh, you can't abide in Christ and sin. If you're abiding in him, you won't sin. That's what it really comes down to. Uh, for sin interrupts the fellowship, doesn't it? In chapter 1 and verse 6 of this book, it says there, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So if we say we're okay and, and we're sinning, we lie and do not the truth. We're not in fellowship with him. We can say all we want until we're blue in the face, but it's not true. Uh, <clears throat> he, the Christian, does not practice sin. And notice the word practice, and this is that portion that is an encouragement to Christians because we do sin. And this portion shows us, okay, we're not continually doing that. And we might be out of fellowship when we do. We are out of fellowship when we do sin, but we don't like that place we don't like to abide there and stay there um, <clears throat> in verse 6 there the one continually abiding in Christ does not continually sin sin will be the exception it won't be the what do we say rule, rule. this will be the exception not the rule um, <clears throat> abiding in Christ and where have we been before to find that we should abide in him a portion of scripture that particularly speaks of that in John, John chapter 15, and it says it in verse 4 three times. 
says it in verse 5, verse 6, verse 7 two times, abide in him. If he abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Now some trees you might see, if you go to an orchard, they've been weighed down with fruit. They're just so heavy and and it falls on the ground, but it's still sort of connected. But what happens to the leaves? They start wilting. They're not all getting enough goodness, and the fruit will probably fall off. They won't grow any further. It's just not in there like it should be. They're not getting the sap. And so it is with a Christian. We need to abide in him, as it tells in John 15, and those verses there. Um, By walking in the light is another way to stay in touch, in fellowship, and abiding Abide in him, as it says in verse 7 and 9 of John, First uh, John, go back there. In chapter 1, verse 7, if we, if, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. How can, how can light have fellowship with darkness, it tells us in Corinthians? It can't. Christ with Belial. And we're going to stay in fellowship with the Lord and in touch with him and not practice sin, we're going to abide in the light. What's the light? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the light, isn't he? <laughs> He's the way, the truth and the truth and the life. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, it reads, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under the bush, bushel, but on a candlestick, It giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God or your Father who is in heaven. If we put our light under a bushel, we're sinning. (laughs) And we put our light under a bushel. People do not see what they should be seeing in the Christian. That we are of the light. We are of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in John's Gospel, also there in chapter 8 and verse 12, it says this, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be... No. <laughs> yes, okay. They sh- <laughs> the children of the devil of the shall be cast into outer darkness. Because they are not of the light, they will suffer e- da- darkness. When you think of it... Hell is described as a place of fire, a place where the worm dieth not, where the fire is not quenched, but it's also a place of darkness. Now, you go have a bonfire and a fellowship time and you just have the bonfire lighting a bit, but it's some sort of terrible place hell is that it's going to be horrible. No light, no truth, only the reality that you're there and can never, ever leave that place. Um, Confessing principles that help us, three of them, abide in Christ, walk in the light, and the third one, principles to resist the evil that's around us, confess those individual acts that we do. He, as we know in the portion we're in, or the book we're in, 1 John 1, 9, whoso confesses this sin, we need to confess our sin and forsake the sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Over in Psalm 32 and verse 2. Verse 5 it is. I acknowledge my sin 
unto thee, Lord, and mine iniquity, and have I not hidden, I said, I will, that is his sin, I will confess my transgressions unto you, Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sins, Selah. And David knew what that meant, didn't he? And he's the one that penned those words. I'll confess my transgressions unto you, as First John 1, 9 says, that we might walk in the light. We will not practice sin if we're, if we're going through the discipline, the, the grievance in our heart when we've sinned and we know and the fellowship is broken, we want one to go there again and that'll cause us not to listen and heed the old nature. So the Christian does not practice sin. Back in our portion in First John and verse 7. It says there, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He does practice righteousness, the believer, the Christian, abiding in Christ. Um, <clears throat> this verse tells us that the righteousness of this verse is not judicial, ju judicial righteousness imputed to every believer at conversion. As Corinthians tells us in chapter 5, verse 21, For he that made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is not talking about that act. That's when we got saved. But talk about the continual walking as a righteous individual, displaying righteousness, being a light to the world, set our, set our light on a, in a candlestick on a hill so that all can see it. But when we sin, that doesn't happen. We don't feel like witnessing. We don't want to witness. We feel ashamed of what we've done and that we need to confess and get right and walk on with the Lord. <clears throat> uh, how do we become righteous? Well, as he is righteous. And judicially, God has set us apart, as we've already mentioned in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.21. But in Romans chapter 4 and Paul dealt with this over and over again because he was dealing with Jewish people who thought they were righteous because of what? Of what they did. And so he's saying, no, no, no. With Christ, we are given his righteousness, imparted, imputed to us. And so he's arguing the point many times in Romans 4 verses 1 to 7. Let's see, the word righteousness is used three times here. What shall we say that Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh hath found? If Abraham were justified by works which the, the Jews were doing and were keeping the, I know, all the special days, the holy days, the new moons, the Sabbaths and things like this, we're, we're okay. They said it to the Lord Jesus. You know, and they accused him of being the sinner. They were the righteous ones, they thought. And for if Abraham were justified by works, is something of which to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him. Count or reckon is that word unto him for righteousness. So what did he do? He believed just as we believe on the Lord Jesus. And he counts it to us for righteousness. He gives us his righteousness. It says on reading on, but to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. God is our debtor if we've worked our way to heaven. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. We are to be righteous as he is righteous because we have 
been given righteousness by God, we ought to be practicing righteousness. And not just now and then, all the time. Just over in Romans 8, he talks about it again. I think the, I don't know if I put these in the, in the WhatsApp, but the verses in Romans that mentions righteousness. Romans chapter 8 and verses 1 to 4. There's therefore no, now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And we can say, if we're saved and we believed and trusted the Lord Jesus and received him, I am not condemned. Not because of my righteousness, but because of his righteousness. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do in it was weak through the flesh, because the flesh would sin. And the Lord knows we, we, we have the old nature and we, can, we have the potential to sin, and we do sin at times. But God sending his son, own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So again, Paul speaking of the righteousness given to us, and because we have been given this righteousness, let us walk righteously. We live in a day when, you know, what's righteousness? <laughs> like, like Pilate said, what is truth? Because people don't go by the book, they go by comparing themselves with each other or thinking, well, that's where the world is, I'm so much better than they. That's works righteousness. And the Lord wants us to compare ourselves with who? With himself. Be ye righteous as he is righteous. And uh, and then we say, well, I'm far short of the absolute righteousness of the Lord as he walked down here on earth in chapter 9 also of Romans and verse 30 toward the end what shall we say then that the Gentiles who followed not after righteousness the you know, non-Jews Gentiles have attained to righteousness well how did that happen even the righteousness which is by faith <laughs> and, and that that provokes a Jew especially the religious ones, especially the orthodox ones. They really get some upset that these Gentiles, these dogs that are described, can say they're righteous and they don't keep the law and they don't do the sacrifices. Yeah, (laughs) that's the case for the Christian. Even the righteousness which is of faith. It's of faith, we believe. Just like your father Abraham, if someone's listening over there. In Israel, just like your father Abraham. And then he, he had that faith. Was the law already in, in, in place? Was all the um, things of the Jews, all the laws of the Jews that they got together toward the 400 years BC, and, and for, they weren't in place? Abraham was before all that. And he believed like we believe, by faith, and it was counted to him, it was reckoned unto him for righteousness. But Israel, who followed after the law for righteousness, and still do, hath not attained to the law of righteousness, and still don't. They might have just turned off <laughs> if they're listening in, because that's the truth. That's, the, that's what one of their own said, Paul, who was one of the Sanhedrin, out to 
take out Christians. But then he got saved by faith. And he had not works righteousness, but he had God's righteousness given to him. What a difference it made to Paul. That transformation on the road to Damascus turned him right around and he went the other direction. And the, and the people who were Christians are saying, but I don't trust him. He, he came here to Damascus to, to put us in prison and to persecute us. Now he's saying as a Christian, I reckon it's a trick. <laughs> you know, like, like we sometimes think people get up to. But <clears throat> praise the Lord, it's God's righteousness. And again, in um, chapter 10, verse 3, For they being ignorant, the Jewish Jews being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ. For Christ, it says, is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And boy, a person who is a Jewish person, who is orthodox even today, when they realise that, the burden is off. You know, burdens, uh, what's the song? Burdens are lifted. Yeah, burdens are lifted at Calvary. And folk, if you're listening in, you can have that burden of sin, that trying to please God, taken away, and the Lord... God will give you righteousness. His righteousness, not yours. Not by works, not by law. Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law. Their own law says this, that the man who doeth those things shall live by them and they can't keep it. They can't, if, if they break one, they're condemned and they're guilty of all, it says in Scripture. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, and then he explains it more. And then those verses that we use when we're talking to an unsaved person. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made, confessing the Lord for who he is, the very Son of God who come to take away our sin, confessing, confession is made unto salvation. And so, <clears throat> yep, <laughs> we don't practice unrighteousness as Christians. We might fail now and then. It might not a practice, not a continual thing, but it will be an occasional thing. So as a believer may commit an occasional act of sin, but not practice a life of sin, even so an unbeliever may commit a righteous act, but it is the exception and not the rule of their life. And um, <clears throat> I'll use an illustration, the orange tree that all those oranges come from, and the other one, but the, mainly the big old one is about 35 years old, 40 years old, that orange tree. It's been shifted three times as we built. But it's got a big lump at the bottom where it comes out of the ground. It's about that high and it's sort of a big lump. And then it goes back to the trunk. That's the, the, what was grafted into. That's the rootstock that that tree was grafted into. And every year, if I get around to it, every second year, from that big lump, the rootstock grows up these these wild orange things and they've got long spikes on like this you know the orange tree now and then has little ones but it has real long long spikes on and it doesn't produce, well I've never let it grow long enough to produce fruit, if it did it wouldn't be the fruit of the tree it's a good rootstock it's been grafted in but uh it doesn't produce the fruit it should. These shoots grow up and it saps from the tree. I've been under there once and there's a whole heap of them. Cut them all out, pull them out. 
They need to be broken off, these old shoots, from the old life, from the old rootstock, that the tree might put all its goodness into the trunk and the oranges. Um, And that's the Christian. We need to break off the old things. What does it say in Colossians? Put off, put on. What does it say in Ephesians? The same thing. Um, Put to death. Reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin. And so we ought to break those things off. Think of the orange tree. Or think of it like this. The Murray. Jihai, is it up there? It starts just at the foot of Kosciuszko. On the west side of Kosciuszko, that's where the Jihai, isn't it? It starts down in there and it's got a bit, of a bit of a flow. Then it gets bigger and bigger as it goes. But from there to where it leaves into the ocean is about 520 kilometres. But if you floated down the river, you'd cover two, over 2,500 kilometres. Sometimes it goes north, east, west, south. It goes, goes in the opposite direction to where it's generally headed. Which way does the Murray generally head? More south. West, west, yeah, sort of goes. And then at the end it turns like that and goes about 250k straight south. Well, bendy. But let's say the Christian life is somewhat like that. You know, we're, we're going good, we're going in the right direction, we're heading west. Well, let's say that's heaven. We're heading there. And then all of a sudden we sin and we take a turn and we start doing a U-turn and going back the other way. And then the, it, it goes off and, yeah, 520 kilometres. But if we commit ourselves to the Lord and say, I'm not going to sin, and we practice righteousness as these verse say, he that doeth righteousness is righteous as, even as he is righteous, then it'll be a straighter go. We'll have to spend 40 years in the world. That's it. Yeah, we'll be wandering all over the place. But we can, we can go straight to the point. You know, if, you, if you hop in a tube at um, where we do the baptism down there, waterworks, and, fl- and, and float around and go, and you hear the highway and then the highway disappears. Then you hear the highway and the highway, because you, you, you're just turning all around. A dr- and, and what time, how long did it take us? <laughs> About five hours we hopped in and it was dark when we got down to Noriel Park and we had Simon with us, um, Troy's friend, and he was shivering. He, he had to stand in front of the heater for about an hour when he got home to stop. He was, what do you call it, hypothermia? And, um, <clears throat> but we'd, if, if you just walked it, you could have probably done it in half an hour. But it took four and a half hours floating around and all. And some Christians, you know, all over the place. But what do we need to do? Practice righteousness even as he is righteous. And sin not. Whosoever sinneth continually hath not seen him. Hath not seen him. If we don't stop practicing sin, it's at evidence. And practicing sin continually is evidence, evidence that Christ may be not in us. So make sure if you're listening in, that you're saved. 